jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Well, Anthony. Yeah. I hate to say it. Oh, mm-hmm. What, what was... What? <laughs> uh, Stacy, don't mind my tape recorder that I have here. <laughs> Tucked gently under this table we're sitting at in this fine restaurant. What what was that you had to say? I have a few things I need to clear up this week. Mm -hmm. Um, It pains me to say it. Mm -hmm. But last week, I made an error. (gasps) You? (laughs) Stacey Jane Ponder made an error on on. Was it on our show? Yes, Anthony, it was on our show. Don't play dumb. I know you on, know this. Was it on Gay Lords of Darkness, Stacey, that you made an error? I know this. I know this. Yes, this is true. You know this because you got a text <laughs> while I was editing last week's episode. And I said, oh, shit, I made an error. And we're going to hear about it. <laughs> and surprisingly... We didn't hear about it. (laughs) The people who, uh, like, we were honestly, you know, we're talking about this and it's like, should we put a note in the show? Should we post a note when we post about the show on our social medias? Like, what should we, how should we approach this? Blah, blah, blah. And then we don't hear anything. So if people noticed the error, they kept their mouths shut. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, However... My conscience dictates that I must fess up regardless. Oh, the truth is coming out. I could just let this go and there would be none the wiser. Except for someday somebody would listen to this episode like three years from now, maybe. (laughs) You know. And then it, go go to my grave and be like, listen, I know you messed up. <laughs> it's hilarious because you did, like you said, um, you realized it, whatever. Uh, and then you messaged me. But you did message me in a frenzy. I was, I was frenzied. Because you're like, oh, God, we're going to get all the messages. We're going to get all the comments. And I was like, oh, well, now you'll get what I get after every chocolate block. <laughs> and then. Then there's nothing. And then not radio silence. And I said, what? Yeah. <laughs> Stacy Ponder is off scot-free again. <laughs> I got away with it until I went into the bathroom and said, yeah, I killed them all. Just like on the <laughs> Jinx. Have you seen the Jinx? <laughs> you see the Jinx. Um, well, for the integrity of our show mm-hmm. and for my conscience, I feel the need to confess. And everybody's like, okay, you've been talking about this for 10 minutes now. Can you please just tell us what the fuck happened? In the chopping block last week, Mm. Anthony was answering questions from my category, Mm. wherein Anthony had to say whether a decapitated head from a film ended up in a fish tank or in a toilet. 
Yes, as they as they often do, it seems. As they often do, sure. <clears throat> um, so the first film was Night School, the slasher film of your, uh, and Anthony said Fish Tank, and I said no, that's wrong because the head ends up in the toilet. While editing the show and laughing uproariously because Anthony died in like nine seconds. Because this was my this was my comeback from yes. my Shawnee Smith moment like like uh, 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 beautiful mind moment <laughs> yeah your incredible performance the week prior then you come back and die in nine seconds by guessing wrong on night school <laughs> so as i'm editing this little voice in my head says is that right though night school <laughs> night school eleanor night school night school, night school. <laughs> so i look it up and it turns out I was right, but also I was wrong. <laughs> you can't have both. Yes, I can. That's the thing of night school is the heads end up all over the place. I think one even ends up in like a pot of spaghetti sauce or something. Because <laughs> they all they all get their heads cut off. Yeah, they all get their heads cut off. And then the killer is like, I'm going to put it here. That's not an exact line of dialogue. That's but what I'm she sure says. that was that was the thought process. <laughs> yeah, I um, so yes, a head does end up in a toilet. However, a head also ends up in a display at the aquarium, which technically speaking is a fish tank. But okay. that's that's like the difference between a ship and a boat. Exactly. When I said a, a toilet or a fish tank. Fish tank to me implied in a home on a table. Not a fucking giant sized display that's going to have a beluga whale in it. Okay. I was thinking a tabletop fish tank. And so I forgot that a head ends up in an aquarium tank. A water and sea life sustaining vessel. Yes. A vessel. With yes. also a severed head in it. Yes. So you were right, even though the word you meant to say was toilet. <laughs> even though I meant to say toilet. <laughs> Which also would have been right. So either way, you were right. I was wrong. You didn't deserve to die. Aww. Um, I still maintain that when you say fish tank to somebody, they don't think aquarium. But that is neither here nor there. But I am willing to own up to it. <laughs> what our listeners don't know is the is the how strongly you defended this this um, perspective, <laughs> in which as you're telling me over and over, do we put a message? Do we leave a comment? Do I put a bumper, a disclaimer in the episode saying that there is an error in this game? What do I do? Here's the thing, and then you pull out your charts and your graphs <laughs> of the difference between a fish tank and an aquarium. Explaining that they cannot be the same thing. Fish tank does not. It's the equal symbol with the strike through it. Fish <laughs> tank right. does not equal aquarium. Yeah. Well, I had to. That was me justifying why I completely forgot about it. You had a full existential crisis, and it was I really incredible. <laughs> and I was bracing myself for Wednesday for that. Um, excuse me. Actually, actually, you know, there is a fish tank in night school. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson, stop listening! <laughs> Why does he follow us? We've told you time and again. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Anthony is going to have a bonus lifeline this week <gasps> to make up for 
my quote unquote error. Egregious slight. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't have people doubting the integrity of the chopping block, right? No, no. Those next, they'll storm Gaylord's Manor. Yeah. So when I was thinking of that category, I should have done my due diligence and double checked, but I was like, I know there's a head in a toilet. <laughs> Surely there can't also be one in a fish tank. And also, aquariums don't have fish tanks. I mean, so much of the chopping block is based on what we remember in the moment, the night before the episode. Or the morning of. <laughs> or the morning of, or ten Thank minutes you. before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I'm sitting in front of my DVD shelf going, God damn it, I already do this one. Oh, I need a category. <laughs> How many horses show up in Halloween 2, Rob Zombie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So there you go. Uh, in the words of the the electronica trip hop Benedictine monks of Enigma, <laughs> mea culpa. Well, Stacy, that's very giving of you. Thank you. Um, and I'm I'm grateful for this uh, new lease on life that I'm gonna be able to be afforded. Yes. On this upcoming chopping block. But um, that's a big admission, and that takes courage. Thank you. There's another thing stuck in my craw. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, really? Now, this is not me admitting an error. This is me accusing everyone else of being an error. (laughs) And this also has to do with last week's episode. (gasps) And this is that I was just told yesterday or whatever, this weekend, uh, that the, you know, alt-right social media app that I was just about to join. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry, continue. That it was called Parlor. (laughs) Parlor. However, last week... I pronounced it parlay because I'm sorry. That's how it's spelled. If you're French, the word is still French. Parlor, parlor. Everybody else calls it parlor, and I look at it and I say it's clearly parlay, the French infinitive to speak. Is this not what it's about? Yes, parlor is not a fucking word. Thank you. I Neither rest my is case. Tinder with one R. Well, if this if this was P A R L R, I would have called it parlor. However, it ah. is parlay. I see that if it was P A R L R, right? Then it t- continued Tumblr, parlor, grinder, uh, right. Tinder, Scissor, the lesbian app. And if it was also P-A-R-L-R, I would assume they meant like parlor, O-R, like a place you would go to talk to people. And so this did not come across uh, either. Uh, I genuinely just had no idea what you were talking about in the last episode. I legitimate, and that's, I think I even said it in the episode, like, are you talking about maritime law like pirate law you said like the pirate law and yes like the pirate law that's what it that's parlay like to speak like hey we're gonna lay down our fucking sabers or whatever the fuck pirates have (laughs) you know (laughs) they have like peg legs everybody put your peg put your peg leg up and let's talk about this so we can stop fighting that's a parlay (laughs) i have the talking peg leg excuse me so I was also correct when you said, like, the pirate thing. But that's that's as far as my 
conversation comprehension went in that moment because right. I, you kept saying parlay, and I was like, she's really into pirates right now. And I did not know <laughs> what you were talking about. I had no clue you were talking about the app until uh, just the other day. This weekend, we were having a, a conversation, and it came up again. And then I heard, like, we were talking with some friends, and then I heard you say, <laughs> the word, parlor comes up in conversation, and I hear you just go, parlor. Wait, is that how you say it? (laughs) And all comes... I just started giggling hysterically because everything... Once again, I went full beautiful mind again and and all all of my neurons lit up and I was like, oh my God, she was talking about the app. But she's so fancy and so French. Listen, I won the French (laughs) award in high school, okay? I did not win a French award in high school for all you motherfuckers to pronounce it parlor. French major in college for like a year. I am not here for parlor. Okay. I love hearing the disgust in your voice as you <laughs> try to roll that last <laughs> syllable off your tongue. It's really, I can tell it's really straining all of your um, beliefs. It is. It's painful to me. <laughs> it's because I'm continental, you see. <laughs> so cosmopolitan. Anyway, that's my upfront business this week. Well, that's very that's very big of you, and I'm and I, I salute you and your your earnestness. Um, Thank you. But we're not here to talk about night school. <clears throat> we're not here to talk about that app. I don't know why we are talking about this movie this week. I think we just thought of it. We just thought of it. I think we asked. Um, I think I was like, Jason, what should we watch? And he just named a movie. <laughs> and we said, sure. Yeah. Which actually, I will tell you, Stacey, a real brief uh, uh, interruption yeah. tangent here. Please. We, we, I don't think we got any shit about the the night school fish tank aquarium debacle of 2021. <laughs> However, I walked out of the room, I think the last time I talked to you, and Jason had just finished the episode. And he goes, hey, there was an error in night school. <laughs> Really? Yeah, and I said, you should post that on our wall. <gasps> and he didn't, because he was too afraid. But I said, you should do it, because we got no comments. And Stacey was so nervous, so it'd be fun. Wow. So we did get that one, a verbal. Of course Jason wouldn't know. Jason yeah, knows verbal, everything. Though. But I think, so he told us to watch this movie, and we said, sure. And I'm so glad we did. Me too. It had been a hot minute since I watched... Prince of Darkness. John Carpenter, 1987. Yeah, it had been a while. Um, But this has always been... I really love this movie. Um, I think especially when it came out, people were like, huh? (laughs) And it didn't get a great reception. I think the reception has kind of grown over the years, but most people that I talk to about this movie don't really dig it. Yeah, I was surprised because I had seen, and I was like, have I even seen this movie in full? I think I saw it a million years ago. I think I was a little bit drunk. I think I fell asleep. <laughs> um, I rewatched this movie last night, and it's so weird because it, once again, it has all the hallmarks of Carpenter, mm-hmm. but it's also just different enough and doing weird enough different things. And I, I, I kind of have a entryway into why i'm kind of obsessed with it now but um it's doing all these weird little different things but i was so surprised to see how maligned it was upon its release 
Yeah. I knew this was one of the more cult Carpenter films because everybody obviously thinks, you know, Halloween or The Fog or uh, uh, Ghosts of Mars, obviously. But but this one, not as, it's more of like the, the, the deeper nerds. Yeah, I think probably when it was like, oh, there's a new John Carpenter movie coming out, people expected, you know, yeah, Halloween, the thing, something like this. And then they get, oh, John Carpenter took a big rip on Schrodinger's bong and cracked open his book on theoretical physics. (laughs) What the fuck am I watching? It's a little heady. It does have some pacing issues, I think. Yes, um, in that stuff will happen and then there's a lull and then stuff will happen and then there's a big lull. Um, but it really works for me. I think it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Um, it's really a unique way of addressing things that horror things have addressed in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really dig it. But it's like, it's like, it's, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it's John Carpenter finding like a fresh donor counterculture john carpenter dude take on it mm-hmm. and twisting around what i really loved is as uh yeah there's some pacing stuff but also you there's so many there are so many characters to follow yes it's a huge ensemble there really isn't a lead there's kind of leads but they're also not mm-hmm. there's characters that are just bit players in the background and then suddenly they become much more invested in the store it's and it just it it shakes up who who you're following, um, and it's so strange. But uh, what I really loved is I was beginning to bond with some of these weirdo characters, or or things just start to get more and more bonkers. Like for me, I was like, oh my god, this is. It really feels, and with eighty seven, it really feels like John Carpenter making an Italian horror film to me. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like there's goo, there's bloody zombies, <laughs> there's mirrors, there's people screaming, there's it's just priests. Yeah, priests like crazy music. None of it makes any sense. It's it's like a weird metaphysical twist on Catholic mythology and shit and sci-fi kind of crossed over with it. It's bonker. It just feels so Italian to me. That's yeah, you're absolutely right. Right? Like, it's it feels, like, so in line with, like, like almost, like, I feel like, and with that era of 87, it feels like it's, like, Carpenter kind of doing a little homage to, like, Fulci here, or, like, there's some Paganini horror vibes. Like, it's just bonkers. It could be, it could be in the Demons franchise. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this could be, Demons like, franchise. a part five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the reason probably why American mainstream horror audiences didn't connect with it. I think that vibe to it, and also the cast of characters that you mentioned, that there is no clear, like, leading man, leading lady for the yeah. audience to kind of latch on to. Yeah, the, the the lead kind of shifts around, and it's like you said, it's a huge cast. But I think that works for people like us, where it's like I think yes. you and I, and in the saga of the show, we naturally gravitate towards just the extras <laughs> or the su- yeah. the supporting <laughs> characters. Who's the woman that's going to start the business plan? Right, that's yes. what we're gravitating towards. Yeah, and this movie is full of those. But yeah, his other films, like there's always the Kurt Russell. Or right. the, the Tom Atkins, or the Adrian Barbeau, or the Jamie Lee. Mm-hmm. And there's there's also no real names in the movie besides um, Donald Pleasance. Yeah, he works with... Um, and Alice uh, Cooper. 
and people that he had worked with in the past and people he would go on to work with in his late 80s period. He had a lot of returning people. Yes. Donald Pleasance. He had Victor Wong and Dennis Dunn from Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. Peter Jason would go on to star in like all of his late 80s and into 90s stuff. You had uh, the bugs and the worms from Halloween 3. Mm-hmm. Like just a lot of returning uh, from the stable. <laughs> Of Carpenter characters. <laughs> also, I mean, we'll get into it, obviously. We have a lot to talk about with this movie. But this movie is John Carpenter saying gay rights, right? I... <laughs> Walter, right? Walter, for sure, yeah. What is going on? I was, once again, I was like, I was waiting for that. Because, okay, the movie starts out, and I was like, oh my god, there's so many Asian leads in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited. And I was like, oh, I just, and then I, I flashed back to our conversation about, you know, the, the equitableness of Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was really excited to see where he takes it with this one. And then I was like, oh, wait, oh, this is kind of classist. Oh, the homeless people are evil. Oh, but then, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, but what is happening with all this gayness kind of mm-hmm. underneath it? And it was interesting to me that it wasn't, it, it, like where someone's watching me is very pronounced. I mean, it, yes. it's explicit, it's stated, but this yeah. there, and it is stated in this too, but it's still coded and more different. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm excited to get into all of that. Yeah. So what is this <clears throat> about? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, this movie, <laughs> how does this even, so, okay, it starts out, there's this priest who kind of looks like Glenn Close, like really old Glenn Close. And he's dead, and he's holding his treasure chest, and he's dead. And then uh, inside the treasure chest is a key, and that goes to Donald Pleasance, who is a priest. And um, once he attains this key, he finds out that it opens this into this this old, old church where it, it was the Order of the Brotherhood of the Sleep, right? Brotherhood mm-hmm. of the Sleep? Yep. And it was a sect of priests that would communicate through their dreams. Um, and he finds this he finds this old, creepy, dungeon-y, churchy room... Um, and he, he goes and he hits up this professor, Professor Burek, who's played by Victor Wong. And Professor Burek is super cool. He teaches, like, what the fuck does he, like, particle physics, quantum physics? Yeah, like, theoretical physics. Yeah, and it's it's just like, you know, he has this cast of, of amazing characters that come and go to his class. The whole opening credits, which are 200 hours long, is, <laughs> is you know, it's scene after scene of Donald Pleasance and the key of this, and this church and then the, and then everyone coming and going to this this classroom and then of course in true later 80s carpenter fashion lots of shots of people just walking around la while the music goes you know (laughs) i know when halloween h40 came out that we kind of made people made fun of people who were excited about the halloween theme song yeah while also counting myself as someone who was excited by the Halloween theme song. But this movie, it's like the classic Carpenter music comes on. The classic Carpenter font comes on the screen. And I'm just like, you know what? I fucking love John Carpenter. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking back to, um, who was I calling the Taco Bell of horror? Oh, jo- uh, Stephen King. Stephen King. And I yeah. was like, with this, I was like, he's kind of Taco Belling him. He's kind of making a crunch wrap supreme. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, I feel like, I feel like the music and the font and everything are almost more like branding. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the words of Spike Lee joint, right? But it's yeah. it's just John Carpenter being Carpenter. It just tells you what you're in. He's for. put he's put John Carpenter's title since like day one. Yes. Like he he's never uh 
suffered for having an ego. You know what yeah. I mean? That's just who he is. That's just what he yeah. does with his work. And that's that I mean, and I honestly it. that's what distinguishes his movies. Yeah. Um, is that you're not just watching a horror movie, you're watching a John Carpenter film. Right. Um, so this just it's it's very classic Carpenter and you I just love that <laughs> that's all the first like hour of They Live is, which I think they live was the year before this. Um, it's just ding ding and people walking around LA <laughs> sweating. Um, so so everyone's walking around sweating. Uh, they go to this class. Um, ultimately, uh, Donald Pleasance, the old priest, informs Burek that he wants to show him this thing because they met and they had worked together on this BBC miniseries about like religion or something. He takes Burek down and shows him this churchy thing. Burek decides, okay, we're going to take my whole class and we're going to do a classic. Um, the haunting 1999 ghost investigation, <laughs> metaphysical investigation of this place, because in this church dungeon community center thing, there is this creepy ass chapel at the bottom of it, in which there is a set. They carbon dated in the film. I think Kelly, an amazing queen, because movie is full of amazing supporting queens. Yeah, it Kelly is. carbon dates it, and this giant gold encrusted rusty gross giant uh 13 foot tall spinning tube of turn t- t- uh, teenage mutant ninja turtle ooze basically <laughs> it, this seven million years old um they 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 all all the students show up they bring their cots they do this investigation um meanwhile they're like they're trying to figure out what's going on with this tube and what's happening and why there's ooze dripping everywhere and it's flying up to the ceiling meanwhile uh, as this is happening there is an amassment of homeless people um and it feels very once again like not the crunch wrap supreming of john carpenter but it feels very like assault on precinct 13 <laughs> you mm-hmm. get these shots of all the homeless people like just building up and they're just standing outside like just kind of waiting alice cooper is one of them um there's also an incredible bag lady uh, who kind of looks like a hobo clown, and I really like her. And <laughs> if you go outside, you just get killed by the homeless people. Otherwise, people stay inside. They're investigating. It ultimately turns out that this is like a weird combination of sort of uh, ancient Gnostic spirituality along with uh, antimatter and dark matter scientific concepts or physics or whatever. I know a lot about this stuff, if you can't tell. (laughs) And in the ancient, ancient days, man, God, there was an evil God who lived in the antimatter mirror universe. And he gave, he birthed Satan, his son. And Satan was trying to channel his evil dark matter, antimatter mirror father to come into our world to destroy it and, and blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to prevent that from happening because all these characters also get these dreams. They'll go to sleep and they get these dreams. And these were the dreams that the priests were having too. And everyone that's around this canister of Satan goo um, has these dreams where they see this creepy... It's like John Carpenter doing found footage and it's really fucking eerie. Mm -hmm. Um, And you you see this camera moving across this like church sort of entrance and you see this dark figure and you hear this really spooky voice i thought a lot of control because in control you keep getting messages from the bureau that is um 
that you're working for mm-hmm. and it's just like these sequences lots of static and you just barely hear this voice that you can only hardly make out and i guess in the film it's john carpenter's voice mm-hmm. and it's like this is a broadcast from the year 1999 <laughs> and this <laughs> creepy figure and this narrative this narration is just telling you you have to prevent this from happening so they try preventing it. Ultimately, the goo gets into people's mouths. Everyone starts shooting the goo into other people's mouths. Um, and they're all trying to kill everybody. The homeless people are coming to kill them. Everyone's freaking out. Uh, Walter's gay and stuck in a closet. And, <laughs> and, then, um, and then they stop it. That's it. <laughs> That's the whole movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, it takes, like, religious mythology and is like, what if it was real? Not in the way that we've seen in, like, horror movies where it's like, oh, no, the devil is real and the devil's here. But, like, he takes science, like, Carpenter takes science and applies it to prove religion. Yes, yes. You know, so this green goo is, like, a sentient thing that can communicate and, like... Satan has kind of a corporeal form. Mm-hmm. It's and parasitic, right? Yeah. It infects you and then kind of takes you over and ultimately uses you as a vessel to summon the Father. Yeah. <laughs> Who is like, dark matter. It's real, but like, what's real, man? You know? Oh, like, yeah. when you get down to your atoms and stuff, yeah. like, oh. wind is real, but you can't see it. <laughs> It's total, like, stoner philosophy, and I am in. It is, it is absolutely, anytime you've gotten stoned, it, or it, you're always sitting out in the folding out camping chairs, Yeah, and you're getting stoned, and you're all talking about, there's a beer can falls over, and you're all talking about, like, yeah, man, it's exactly that. Like, what's fire? I can touch it, but, like, what is it? <laughs> And it's it's you- very, it's insane clown posse being like fucking magnets. <laughs> How do they work? And this movie is, is it's really, it's, it's so fun because it is you getting to have that stoner conversation with John Carpenter in your camping chairs while Alan Howarth is like, but what if the synthesizer went like this? Yeah. <laughs> and it's really exciting. It's also, um, you notice that John Carpenter wrote this under the name Martin Quartermass. Mm-hmm. Um, and you notice that Brian, uh, the kind of our de facto lead character, uh, with a mustache. Oh, he's like the blonde porn star. Yeah. He yeah. transferred from Neil University, which is Nigel Neal, who is, of course, the author of the Quartermass series. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of, you know, Nigel Neal's stuff dealt with, like, the nature of evil and battling an evil that's larger than you and like diving into sci-fi and all of that so i this is definitely also carpenter's homage to him and his work do you know what's really sad is um neil apparently i was reading that neil was very displeased with the homage and embarrassed by and he didn't want people to think that the by that name being on there that he had something to do with the movie and i'm like could you imagine making this thing changing your name on the screenplay credit so to pay tribute to an idol who inspired it and then them being like oh that's embarrassing yeah yeah It's like being Luca Guadagnino and making Suspiria, because Suspiria is like your favorite movie. And then Dario and Daria are like, meh. It, it is a shit. It's a pile of a shit. <laughs> Why is she so gay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
this movie is it's got some creepy stuff in it. There's a lot of, you know, like nature's getting all riled up. So you got the pile of bugs that's going crazy. You got like <laughs> the daytime eclipse and all of these things. And it's just it's full of classic Carpenter ominous shots and mm-hmm. moments. I have to say, I think um, I love that there was a crow out back in my <laughs> yeah. of the manor screaming along with you. It was like, yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think with a lot of other Carpenter films, I don't know what the difference is, but um, he's really good at building up suspense, mm-hmm. and he's really good at creating that environment. He's really good at creating creepy environments and sequences and moments. I think with this film, he does that with this film, but this film. It's just, even just the shots themselves, like, it doesn't even need a sequence. It's just the shots are so jarring and disturbing. Mm-hmm. And it's just eerie. Yeah. Like, I, like, like that every time they flash back to that, the, the figure in the, Ugh. in the, the church entrance in the dream or whatever, mm-hmm. that, like, transmission from the year 1999, it is so spooky. Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's something um, unreal about it that it just bores into your soul. <laughs> well, it's also, like you said, it's it's very found footage. I guess he shot it with a, like a handheld video camera and then played it on a monitor and then filmed the monitor. And that's what made it into the final film. And so it's just like, just the way that mm. sequence is shot is so different than anything we've seen from John Carpenter. He doesn't go crazy kinetic handheld. No. Yeah. Oh, so when I'm saying it feels unreal, it's because it, literally he filmed it un- in an unreal style. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I just, he's such a ingenious, um, he's really a craftsperson. And mm-hmm. I think this movie really shows it. I will all of his movies show it, but this one, it just does it in such a different way while also doing, falling into so many of his standbys too yeah it becomes a siege movie you know once once mm-hmm. people start shooting goo at each other uh, <laughs> every it's... time it's <laughs> wink wink yeah they're like those lizards like those frilled lizards that can spit at you from like 10 yeah. feet away or whatever yeah. um you know once shit starts getting real and susan who uh Reminded me of Andrea Zuckerman from Beverly Hills 90210 <laughs> when she had her glasses on. Um, Love her. She is the kind of the first one to get infected by it. Um, and then once she starts spreading it around, it becomes basically a siege movie when they're holed up in the church. They can't escape because all of the street people are outside. Um, and so it's just defending themselves from this evil and also trying to figure out a way that they can actually defeat it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you defeat... Dark matter, mirror particle, universe, Satan, God. Right. Gnostic demon God. How do you defeat that while also not being able to go outside and run away? While also running from the pustule monster people that are spitting at you? (laughs) (laughs) What was was Brian? So Brian, the the mustache, his mustache has a mustache. (laughs) <laughs> and he's this like hunky blonde 80s porn star looking guy also when i'm saying there's no lead in this movie he is so uninteresting <laughs> like I he doesn't he's... have a lot to do really no he's just and honestly like walter is a much more interesting character yep, yep. um but brian brian has this moment where he's like gonna he's gonna jump out the window as the siege is like building up he's gonna jump out the window and he's gonna 
do something. I don't know what his plan was, because there's there's the street people on both sides of him, and then there's a fence that clearly he just needs to jump that fence and run away and get help. Yeah. But, and then he just panics and then just crawls back in the window. And I was like, what was his plan here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, but then you get, so, okay, Susan. Yeah. Who is perfect and who just runs around spewing vomit at everybody. Um, (laughs) Kelly... Who, I think Kelly's the one that does the carbon dating. Because that's another nice thing is, um, and Jason pointed this out, that this one's also fun because everyone is smart in the movie. <laughs> yes, I like that it's like all grad students, basically. They're adults. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Susan is married. Um, you know, they, they, they are adults with lives. And they're smart and they're trying to figure this shit out with like math and their knowledge. Yeah, yeah, these aren't these aren't teenagers that's like, what's up with this giant can of ooze, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Kelly's like, I've carbon dated this and it's seven million years old. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, and then she just wanders around like just talking to people and eating the whole time. Yeah. And I love her. Um Lisa. Lisa Light of My Life. Mm-hmm. One of one of several Asian characters in this film. Um Lisa is a queen. Lisa just, she's a theology hacker, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She talks about how she studies theology and she spends her time sitting there entering in. Um, the, the Brotherhood of Sleep has this like giant tome that they keep at the base of the canister. And so she's typing in the code and decoding the Bible, the verses. And she's the one that kind of reveals the, this idea of God and the devil and blah, blah, blah. And the, the Catholic Church is full of lies and all this stuff. And um, <laughs> there's a great part when Lisa also just scowls at Walter and rolls her eyes all the time. So when she isn't yeah. scowling or rolling her eyes, she's typing. And then when <laughs> she gets possessed, which, okay, this scene. Uh-huh. Lisa's asleep, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Susan, who is vastly possessed at this point, Susan comes in and she's crawling across the top of her. And then Lisa wakes up and Susan is just like crawl, like on all fours right above her. And Lisa just so politely goes, oh, excuse me, I'm... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Susan pukes all in her mouth. Yeah. Lisa's going... <laughs> but I love that she... Lisa wakes up, like, she just has scowled and eye-rolled at Walter the whole movie, who, Walter is kind of coming on to her, but not, because he's also gay. She wakes up to another woman on top of her and just says, oh, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Before that, I was like, oh, she's gay, too. All the Asians are gay in this. But it's like, was she going to turn her down, or was she just like, oh, no, excuse me, I'm actually sleeping right now. Like, right, it's, right. It seems like she's literally work. saying, excuse me, I'm sleeping. Right. but Because she doesn't say anything. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> let's face it, Susan starts crawling up her. She waits until she is on top of her and they're face to face before she says anything. Yes. Yeah, she was like going to go to sleep. That's right. Yeah. And then and then she sees her. Oh, excuse me, but I'm trying to... <laughs> trying to sleep yeah yeah and then when we see lisa again because i mean kelly susan all of them when they're possessed i mean they were icons before but they're just even more icons wandering around possessed and pustules and all this and then lisa the next time we see lisa she's just she's just typing frantically typing i live i live i live i live just typing 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 and i saw her typing and i said that is stacy researching hacking the k-pop idols (laughs) 
that's Stacey hacking right there. That's what that face is. <laughs> yeah, that was me getting a scoop. Yeah, yeah, you were like, I don't know time. I'm getting a scoop. I'm connecting the red string. <laughs> I love them. I love them. Walter. Gay rights. Let's get, in, let's get into Walter. <sighs> okay, so we get... Early in the film, we get everyone walking onto campus over and over, walking out of campus, etc. <laughs> that keeps happening. One of the characters, we get Brian, who's like the boring blonde porn star. We get Catherine Dunforth, Danforth, who I love when she introduces herself. She says her full name, Catherine Danforth. <laughs> She's a redhead queen. She maybe is the other lead, but she also doesn't really do anything until the end. Right. Um, when she gets sucked into the mirror world and stops everything from happening. But, uh... Then we meet Walter, and I say, who is this another Asian lead showing up who is also adorable and is also such a snazzy dresser? <laughs> Wearing that snazzy, like, pink, purpley shirt in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, at, at one point, Brian is talking. Like, Walter's showing up to the to the, the study gig or whatever, and he says, oh, man, I, I had to miss a date or I'd leave a date or something. And Brian goes, oh, what's his name? And, he, and then Walter gets really upset. And he's like, this is serious, Brian, blah, blah, blah. At another point, I don't remember how this even comes out, but somebody says they're like breaking out or something. And Walter at another point says, I used to break out when I was 12. The doctor said it was homosexual panic. And then he just walks away. Mm-hmm. And then he spends the rest of the movie literally shut in a closet. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no... He's on one side of the wall, and um, uh, Susan and Lisa are outside, kind of. They're not breaking in, but they're standing there ominously, so he's trapped. This he, ominously being cool, because they're Susan and Lisa. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, and then on the other side of the wall, you have all the other survivors, and they realize that there's just a wall separating them, and so Walter is like, get me out of here, You're like, you know, let's break through the wall and get me out. Mm-hmm. And then Brian says, well, where are you exactly? Which, what does that matter? It, ha- it has nothing to do with anything. And Walter says, I'm in the closet. <laughs> Why did he have to know where he was exactly? That had no bearing on anything. It was just so that he could say, I'm in this closet. And then Carpenter could go, yeah. see, man, see what I'm saying, man? It's dark matter and gay people, man. Dark matter and gay people. Because what is and Brian? <laughs> yes, is Brian, <laughs> is he using a blueprint of the church building? Right. No, they're not going to go out and try to get to Walter from the inside. He's literally on the exact other side of the very thin wall that they are talking to each other through. Which, for some reason, also, they're like, it will take a couple hours, even though Catherine just immediately busts through the wall. Yeah. And then it takes them all day, and then they give up. <laughs> but it's not like they're on the phone with each other, and Walter's like, oh, I'm in the basement. If you go down to the end of the hallway, I'm in the, whatever. It's like, he's, no. it makes no difference where he actually is. It's just a thing for John Carpenter. It's like, he's pointing that this character, who who is very kind of obnoxious and overbearing and mm-hmm. overcompensating with his women and his money and his cars and all of this. Mm-hmm. And his gold chain necklaces. Yeah, that he's closeted gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a joke with... It comes very much across that everyone knows he's gay. Yes. They joke with him about it. He even jokes with them about it. With his... The doctor said it was homosexual panic. Mm-hmm. 
over breaking out when he was 12, which is when? Uh, like, pubescent coming yeah. of age <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, development. So he's... Everyone knows this. And it's just, it's so funny that John Carpenter is sandwiching that into this movie where he's also like, dark matter and particles. Where it's the most, kind of, almost the most character development any of them have. I think Catherine also has some. Um, yeah. When she has... It, it, it's her relationship with Brian is very strange. They kind of start flirting, and then he tries to make a joke, but it's oh, sexist, yeah. and she's like, "That's sexist." And I love that like, she calls him out for it. Yeah, she calls him right out for it. Um, and Brian is like, "Oh, you know what man hurt you?" That blah blah, and she's like, "Maybe that's not it." Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. why does it have to be that? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'm just like, man, John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. You're not perfect, but you know what's up. He's, he is like, he's your progressive, maybe libertarian leaning dad. Yeah. (laughs) Who lives down the street that you get high in his garage and play like his arcade games. Yeah. And he's like, have you read Noam Chomsky? (laughs) Like, I love him. Yeah. And I do, I really, I, I mean, I made a note. I do love how multicultural this cast is. Yeah. Um, three Asian characters, mm-hmm. which is crazy. You have mm-hmm. Calder, who's black. Mm-hmm. It's just like, for, especially for 1987. Yeah. It's and an ensemble of this size. Yeah, the men basically do nothing. Donald Pleasance does nothing in this movie. No. I like to, in my uh, Dr. Loomis fan fiction, because he's just credited as priest. He doesn't have a name. Father Loomis? Priest. Father yeah, I'm like, what if this is his twin brother? And, <laughs> and one of them went to, like, address evil, you know, in, like, the science way. And the other one went to address evil in the religious way, man. And they're both crazy and useless. And they're both crazy and useless <laughs> and who like to get into, you know, strangely telling people about the nature of evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. right? I right. love when he is freaking. He's like, "Why did we lie to everyone?" <laughs> yeah, this is this is my fanfic. I think it should be canon that this uh, is Doctor Loomis's brother. I am fully here with you on this. Yeah, that is absolutely Father Loomis, and I love that read. Yeah, it makes his character more interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, he really just looks dazed through the whole thing. Yeah, and I mean, has nothing to do. Well, and you don't. <sighs> I mean, you kind of don't need him. I guess he was there because he's Donald Pleasance and, you know, God love Donald Pleasance. But, like, honestly, like, if there's an older sort of patriarch kind of character, in the, it's it's Victor Wong as Professor Birak. Mm-hmm. And he's great. He's, like, weird. He's funny. He's, like, really smart. He has crazy fucking hair. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I'm the cool professor. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I love him. Mm-hmm. I liked him. Yeah. Um, and and then, yeah, Brian kind of serves no purpose in the film. Uh, in the end, he doesn't save the day or anything. It's Catherine that saves the day mm-hmm. by when Susan is in front of that mirror glowing and going, Father! <laughs> yeah, that's and Kelly. Kelly, Kelly, thank you. And then and then she she grabs onto her and goes into the mirror with her and stops the devil from coming through. And then Donald Pleasance throws the ax and shatters the mirror and sadly traps Catherine in the dark matter mirror universe forever. And then we find out maybe she was the one sending the message. Maybe it's a dream Brian has, but otherwise Brian doesn't do anything about any of that. He doesn't like, 
Yeah, he doesn't figure out anything. No. He doesn't solve any of the big problems. He's certainly not Lisa transcribing and translating everything. Theology he's hacking. Yeah, he's not Kelly carbon dating the ooze. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he doesn't. He's just there. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, just there. And and then and then we get. Otherwise, we have all these amazing diverse characters. We get the these awesome trio of possessed queens. Yeah. <laughs> and Catherine to stop them. And it's it's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was into it. I also I also loved um what was his name though? Um Frank. The guy that's like, This is Kaka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's also the only character the only actor that wasn't informed on how to pronounce Birak's name. <laughs> Everyone else says Birak, he says Byrak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, People dissolve moment. into bugs. Oh yeah. Yeah, the movie gets gross. Movie gets real gross. Um I just I really love it. I really do. Yeah, it was really good. It's a it's 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 just I just love I loved how gross and creepy it got. I loved how insane it was. I love how it feels like moments. There's bits of assault on Precinct thirteen, there's bits of they live, there's bits of Every now and then he does, like, he kind of will do a movie. Like, I feel like The Fog was a movie where it sort of summed up everything he had learned at that point, right? Mm-hmm. He and Deborah Hill. Um, and I feel like Prince of Darkness was sort of like that next, like, after he had done They Live and Big Trouble in Little China. Then he, like, kind of collected everything here, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just, but with that, that sort of, I want to hope that it's intentional, but maybe it's just the spirit of the era. But with that, those heavy Italian vibes, it just really brings it all together for me. Well, this is, he said this is the, the middle film of his Apocalypse trilogy. Which yeah. is The Thing, Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness. And, yes. I mean, what is Italian horror like? zombies are very apocalyptic like even more so than like their american counterparts which are kind of almost even if they go global it doesn't feel apocalyptic like the the italian zombie movies always have that sort of the gates of hell are opening and we must stop the you know Uh versus just like dead people are coming back and we have to you know we are them and they are us it's It's about class (laughs) yeah italian zombie cinema kind of transcends that and makes it more cosmic yes i think and that's the feel that this has it becomes a zombie siege movie Mm -hmm. with italian flavoring yeah 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 and with it that very similar music i mean i guess a Mm -hmm. lot of italians also i never realized maybe a a lot of italian like fritzy and they kind of took from some carpenter scores Mm. maybe maybe there's Mm -hmm. some intercultural exchange there but um yeah i think you're absolutely right on with that it's a good one it's a good one it's absolutely a good one i'm glad people are uh it's more of a pronounced classic now than it was at its release that was really surprising to me yeah um i guess i could see why but also man it's just a fun great movie yeah it's it makes you think a little bit you know you you rip on that schrodinger's bong (laughs) you go yeah man man. god is like satan and he's dark matter but also what if what if like a guy exploded into bugs and his head fell off (laughs) and like we're kind of all just made of dots yeah (laughs) You know, everything's like I can, I can sit on the chair, but the chair is just dots. <laughs> right? What if the devil was just dots? 
and then he wrote his screenplay. Yeah, pretty much. That's about it. Love I love John it. Carpenter. I love John Carpenter. I love that, like, his his social... I mean, you have They Live, which I think is an outlier in terms of that. But, like, everybody talks about, you know, Romero's metaphors and all, like, the social statements he's trying to make. And when you look at movies like this one, or Someone's Watching Me, or The Thing, or all of this, it's like, John Carpenter's doing that, too, and not in such an obvious way. So I think it zips over a lot of people's heads who just go for the horror of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, and I think... I mean, not to compare the two, but Romero's is very didactic at times. He we- he wears his metaphors on his sleeve. Yes, and and but that's part of his charm. Is he absolutely? He's 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 very transparent about it, and he's he, oh, don't you? Oh my god! But don't you just want to be at in those camping the fold out camping chairs with Ugh. both of them? Oh my god! With some stogies going around. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! And just like. Yeah, man, but <laughs> it's like a it's a it's a, a unofficial Green Party fundraiser, yes, uh, from the nineteen eighties. But but yeah, I think Carpenter. Um, yeah, I, I I think you're one hundred percent right on. It's it's just the horror. It's so built into the horror that it can sometimes you can miss it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can tell like this is a really cool dude making this underneath it. Yeah, I think he's saying gay rights. Absolutely. There is no reason to ask him why he's in the closet, or if yeah. he's in the closet where he is. Yeah, it was just so. He- <laughs> There's no other reason. Yeah. Yep. Oh wow. There we go. Prince of Darkness. Great movie. Great movie. Watch it if you haven't watched it in a while. Great movie. Yeah. I feel like someone's gonna be upset that we didn't talk about Alice Cooper enough. <laughs> Love Alice Cooper. Great. He got yeah. to use his stabby thing from the stage show. Love Alice Cooper. They don't make them like that anymore. No, they really don't. They don't. Did you see, did you watch the, I know you like Jesus Christ Superstar. I have not seen that one. No. It's so good. Really? Yeah, it's so good. It's, well, here's the thing. Because he's what? He's Herod? He's King Herod, and he does not care at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who's who's Chrissy Teigen's husband? John Legend. Yeah, yeah. So him, he's Jesus, and he can sing the part, but he is not an actor in any... So you just have to get past the fact that he can't do anything. <laughs> um, he can sing, but that's about... He can't really act the role. But it's really good. Um, but, uh, yeah, Alice Cooper, when he comes out, like, he just does not care, and he barely tries. But the, just the fact that it's Alice Cooper, and he's like... 300 years old at this point like when he walks out <laughs> he walks out to do Herod's song which anyone in musical theater that is obsessed with Jesus Christ Superstar you know that's the best that's the, that's the part you all want <laughs> yeah um and and he comes out and there's just like a standing ovation for like two minutes and then he does his number he just walks, talks through his number and then he leaves and everyone's <laughs> like man Alice Cooper's cool yeah. So, anyway. Well, it's not like it's ever been like, you know, here's our 10 greatest singers. Placido Domingo. <laughs> Alice Cooper. <laughs> it's all about the spectacle, so he's perfect for that role. Yeah, way, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, well. Well, now that uh, we've spit out that ooze, Stacy, <laughs> are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? Uh, Yes. 
Even after last week's error. Hotly contested debacle. Yeah, yeah. I'm back. In your mind. (laughs) I'm back. We've got a twist on the chopping block this week. (gasps) What? Yeah, we're not doing the usual, you know, choose from three categories. Each category has five questions. You answer the question, you die, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> Instead That's of... what the printed instructions that come with the game. Yeah, it's a little vague. You'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> um, instead, this week, we actually got an email from a listener named Ben. Hi, Ben, if you're listening to Hello, this. Ben. Uh, thank you for the email who said, hey, I have a chopping block suggestion, category suggestion. What if you did a category that was previously on Gaylords of Darkness and you give the other person the title and they have to guess the movie that you talked about that title week. of an older episode of the show right an older episode of the show and because <laughs> if you've listened to this show more than once or if this is your first time you probably noticed that our episode titles are pulled from things that we say during the episode but the titles don't necessarily have anything to do with the movies that we talk about yeah, like, 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 we could be talking about uh, uh, killer clowns from outer space, and the title is like the haunted uh, underwear. Uh, the haunted underwear. <laughs> yeah, like it's just you know, it's like as I'm editing, I you know, if something strikes me, then that usually becomes the title of the episode. Yes, and so we divided this up so that Anthony would choose for me from our first fifty episodes. I would choose for Anthony from episodes 51 to 100. We wouldn't look at the other ones because I can't fucking remember anything ever. Um, I don't know what, like, you know, people write in and say, oh, when you said this about this. And I'm like, I did. Like, could you could you actually tell me right now what last week's episode title was? No. I can't either. <laughs> I have no idea. It's like, I'm not in a, like, surprisingly enough, as we record this, I'm not in a fugue state as I usually am. Like, if I'm on someone's pod, there've been a few times where I'm not, but a lot of times when I'm doing an interview or something like that, I go into a complete fugue state. I have an out-of-body experience and I float above my own head and see the words pouring out of my mouth. And I'm like, what do you do? Shut up. (laughs) I'm not like that during Gaylords. I'm fully engaged with this show. I edit it, I listen to it, I, you know, like, and yet, once we are done recording, whatever we talked about is out of my mind. You only have so much precious RAM left. Exactly. And I can't, (laughs) I can't use it on this. (laughs) So, um, I'm excited to see how this goes. So basically what's going to happen is we're going to have the one category this week. Um... Yeah, you put your head on the chopping block. You have 10 seconds to answer Mm -hmm. unless you call out for your one lifeline, which Mm -hmm. is Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 (laughs) film Halloween 2. You call out, I want the wig. The wig appears on your head. You get 10 more seconds to answer. Um, and, uh, and I guess that's it. So we're going to do, the category is previously on Gaylords of Darkness. We're going to give each other an episode title. The person has to name 
the movie that we talked about in that episode. And I think we're both going to die on the first question. However, Anthony, also this week, because of my error, last week. Egregious slight. Yeah, Anthony also has Esther's ribbon. Yes. Esther's velvet choker from the 2009 film Orphan, which Which will reattach Anthony's head to continue on the quest for getting five correct. I'm going to die on the first one. I know it. These, I literally looking at the list, I just was laughing because I was like, this is just mean. (laughs) Are we going to do any of this? I tried to choose ones for you that I thought you might get, but I honestly have no, I mean. I didn't. Thank you. But I get a lifeline. I get an extra lifeline. You get an extra lifeline. I get a ribbon. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Um, I say, I don't know who goes first. I say as the person who didn't make an error last week, you get to choose who goes first. Well, I think as the person that made the egregious slight that you should go up first. Okay. Okay. And we'll see how Put my head on the block. All right. (laughs) Here we go. Ten seconds, everybody. (laughs) All right, Stacey. Yeah, that's the entire duration of this game. Yeah. (laughs) So I have to name the movie that we talked about in the episode. Yes, however, Stacey, something you might not remember, because this was a hundred years ago, and in quarantine years, that was 6,000 years ago, at the dawn of Christian times. Seven million years ago. (laughs) Seven million years ago, when God made the can of goo, we used to do double episode the double movies so we would do two movies per episode Uh um you only have to name one of the movies okay if you name either one of the movie that's great if you name both i'm sure you'll feel good about yourself so just just try to do that otherwise i'm just gonna tell you the episode title are you ready sure all right previously on gay lords question one (laughs) fancy a peep at me bloomers oh fuck that's gotta be lesbian vampires um um uh but uh the vampire lovers ding 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 yes yes that was that was episode 16 fancy a peep at me bloomers in which we addressed both the vampire lovers starring ingrid pitt and daughters of darkness classic classic episode 16 16 we that was almost a hundred episodes ago we weren't even toddlers yet oh my god we We were walking around going oh my lord (laughs) good job good job okay you're gonna get this next one you're gonna get this next one i don't know previously on gaylords question two two crabs in the mud we hated it halloween h4o ding 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 see we haven't hated a lot of things Yes, I knew you were going to get this one. That's episode six, Two Crabs in the Mud. In which six? Episode six. Because remember, we started out in like yeah. Halloween time. And so we saw this before we even saw Suspiria. We got, oh we got Suspiria as a, as a consolation for what we had to sit through with that movie. That episode, ironically enough, is one of our most listened to episodes. Yeah. Which shocks me because it's just us throwing up bile like Kelly. <laughs> okay, are you ready for question three? Sure. All right, here we go. 
You're gonna get this. That's the end of my streak. That's the end of my streak. You're gonna get this. You know this one. A haunted Katamari waffle maker. Oh. House on Haunted Hill. Ding, 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 ding. Congratulations. (laughs) Episode 17, Haunted Katamari Katamari Waffle Maker, in which we talked about both houses on Haunted Hill. Oh, yeah. All right. Question four. You're doing good, Stacey. Uh, Let's see how you do I'm, this Like, I'm, I'm all tense. Don't forget, you still have a wig, too. Okay. To, to oh, call yeah, for. yeah, yeah. Okay. Question four. Six of one, a honeypot of the other. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the wicker man. Plop. <laughs> that was from episode 25, in which we looked at Lurkers, also known as Lurleens, oh, and the yeah, Sentinel. The Sentinel. But that's the thing. What does I knew it was I knew it was women. If you asked me, I would have no idea what six of one a honeypot of the other has to do. Maybe the water bottles and the lesbians? Could they? <laughs> Probably. If anyone doesn't remember Lurkers, there's a predatory lesbian who sits in a room with a hot water bottle and does something with it. Yeah, it's very uh, wonderful. Nobody knows what. Nobody knows. Well, I did better than I thought I was going to do. You did real good. You did real good. You should be proud. I am. I'm proud and I'm dead. I'm going to die immediately and then I'm going to forget I have Esther's Ribbon. (laughs) you have a wig and a ribbon my friend (laughs) to get through this five episodes of gay lords here we go are you ready sure all right previously on gay lords of darkness dum-dum juice (laughs) i want the wig um Dum Dum Juice. Okay, uh, we were mad about people because people are stupid. That's every episode of our show. Um, Dum Dum Juice. Dum Dum Juice. Uh, uh, I just need to name a movie. I just need to name a movie. What movies have we... Have we watched a movie? What movie? I just need to name a movie. Dum Dum Juice. Dum Dum Juice. Dum Dum Juice. Dum Dum Juice. Um, mar- Mortuary? Shit. That was way over time also, but I was going to let it ride out. The answer, that was episode 61, where we talked about the convent. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I waste the wig? I never knew what the answer was. The wig is already gone, but you've got the ribbon. You've got Esther's choker. Put that on. Put your makeup on and get ready for daddy. <laughs> I'm in my, I'm going to sing my, I'm getting a ladder. <laughs> I'm all ready to go. Oh, I was, I thought you were going to go full Esther. Oh, I should. Oh, for hey, daddy. Yeah, Sars Sars daddy Sars Sars. <laughs> Don't you want to, do you think she'll be after him in the sequel? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, it's a prequel. God, I can't wait. I don't know. Is it's it a, a prequel? prequel? I am so excited. I, I don't care. Honestly, I like we keep saying I don't want to know. All I know is it's all I know is it's coming. H4O is That's it. H4O 
is and the 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 blessing of the bangs is sort of it's keeping us alive yes but the the infusion of life the real the third dose of the vaccine is gonna be the <laughs> yeah, ester move, the new, new ester orphan oh and they're bringing of or- orphan versus julia styles god music to my ear holes I'm ready. I mean, that, that you couldn't have asked for a better cast for that. Oh, no. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Okay, I put my ribbon on. Ribbon I'm back writing on. my slutty letter today. <laughs> Here we go. Previously on Gaylords of Darkness, Halloween bangs. Oh, shit. Okay, we, so we were talking. We, that was when we found out Kyle Richards was going to be in Halloween. So that was... Um, Silent Hill? No! <laughs> that was Sybil of Finland! Oh no! You're dead! <laughs> this shit's hard. It's, you know what? I look at the rest of this questions that I had for you, and there's no way I would have gotten any of these. Really? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. Do, oh, do really? It. Yeah, why not? Okay. Do another one. We'll see how you do. The time has been way over, but that's fine. Uh, okay. Um, Rebecca, the dearest doll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the chopping block when I asked you about the name of Mommy Do- Dolly Dearest. Right. Yeah. So what movie were we talking about? Well, oh, that, that's, shit. that's what I'm asking. Well, I had just watched Dolly Dearest, so that was sometime this year uh we were talking oh 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 it it must have been an asian one we were talking about um i want to say pulse yeah really yeah episode 90 pulse oh my god okay okay yeah see wow okay well here i've got one for you oh okay your last one now this could be a trick one so oh lord question mm-hmm Oh, that's like how Beyonce does it. She's like, question. How do you feel? Okay. Anyway. Um, question. Uh, mm. Nude internet fingers. Oh, that's dot com for murder. Good job. I mean, that's see, that, that. See, the ones that I did, the, the titles don't have anything as far as I know to do with the movies that we talked about. Whereas you yeah. were kinder. <laughs> And that relates directly to the film that we talked about. But I thought, see, I th- it's nude internet fingers, but I thought you could have thought that was um, Eye Murders, which is actually my cyber world is my business, <laughs> is oh. the name of that episode. Oh, but I the nude internet fingers came out of talking about, did it come from talking about Eye Murders or did that come from .com for Murder? No, that's .com for Murder. That's the killer. Really? They, I guess iMurders and .com for Murder have become the same movie. Didn't he have internet fingers in iMurders too? No. Oh no! There wasn't a guy. No, because because I, I, I murders is Velvet Planner. Velvet Fifty Planner yeah. is doing it. Yeah. Oh, wait, I can't believe we there... did an episode on iMurders. Wasn't there a naked guy? Oh no, that was the Halloween Town That's... Fag. That Halloween Town Fag is iMurders. Naked internet guy is .com for Murder. Where's that extant, extended universe? <laughs> I can't believe we did an episode on iMurders. I know. Do you remember at the live show when you signed a copy of .com? <laughs> Best moment of my life. 
so good. And then Amy Steele asked you if you wanted toast. Yeah, honestly, like I died. I no never world. made it. I'm convinced by plane crash on the way home. I never made it. Oh yeah, everything has been a Philip K. Dick hallucination ever since. Yeah, that's the only explanation. Wow. Here we go. Cheese with nuts on it. Cheese with nuts on it. Brahms. That's yes. Brahms. Yes. Brahms. <laughs> Just say it in his voice. You got that one. His voice is a doll that doesn't talk. Yeah. Uh, the Brides of Red Knob. Oh. Oh. We never, we didn't do another lesbian vampire one, but we talked about them. And that was, that was later on. They came back. We were talking about, no. Class Reunion Massacre. <laughs> really? That's yeah. the Brides of Red Knob. Yeah. Episode 72. Class reunion mask. Oh, that's the one with the guy with the extra thumb. Mm-hmm. The slasher. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Wow. This is a hard category. Thank you, Ben. It's really hard. It's really difficult. And that's honestly, this is why we have on the website at gaylordsofdarkness.com. Oh. This is why we have the, actually, you know what? When I, when I made that website, Stacey, I thought that this was going to give me the upper hand because I had to make an individual entry for each one of our episodes. And so I, like, typed those titles and, like, saw what the movie was and used the picture. Yeah. Clearly it did not (laughs) help me in any way. I was given no upper hand. But that's why we have the episodes tab where you can, you see the picture of the movie along with the title. And then you can, you can easily find what movie we're talking about when. Because if you just had this, just this list. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, fucked. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks to Ben for that fun category. Thank you, Ben. What a great, uh, what a great suggestion. And once again, this is not a democracy, and we are not. This is not collaborative <laughs> with any of you. So it's a cheer. Ben, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, com. You mentioned it. It's a it's a website that you can type into. You can go full Lisa, and you can just sit there and hack your way into GaylorsDarkness.com. I, I love her. You can find all our merch on there. You can find uh, all of our social media, our links to Twitter, Instagram, um, OnlyFans. All of it is on there. <laughs> Literally all of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll probably be back next week. I mean, assuming there isn't. Assuming the, there is an America. <laughs> there is an America. We, you know, we're we're backwards in time from the rest of you all because we, like John Carpenter, have folding chairs too, and so we um we don't know if how the inauguration went. <laughs> right. I have. But, I I know people who are very concerned that when Biden takes over, we're gonna fall to communism. Stacey, you don't need to make fun of me on the show in front of all of our listeners. <laughs> I, quote, know someone. <laughs> you read on my someone. parlay. <laughs> <I read. laughs> wow. It's pronounced parlay. <laughs> it is parlay. Thank you. Goodbye. Au revoir. Right? Is that what we're going to say? Au revoir? No. Uh. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, 
Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god! god. Oh. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, ha, ha.